Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is Bob Gruen, rock and roll photographer from New York, and you're listening to Pantheon Podcast. History in five songs. With host Martin Popoff. A production of Pantheon Podcasts. Let's rock out with Martin. Welcome back once again to another episode of History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff, brought to you by the fine folks at Pantheon. Um, We are part of the Pantheon Podcast Network, available on Spotify, iTunes, Podbay, all kinds of good places, over 40 other podcast platforms. Okay, so this episode, um, this is episode 41, so we're in our 40s now. Um, Episode 41 is called Jason Bonham. Okay, very simple, but stick with me. This is going to be entertaining because this is a guy who has done a lot of cool stuff. And also this episode brings up a philosophical sort of concept that I've talked about many times. It's a controversial thing, um, but in this case... You know, it involves a son and a dad, and this is the idea. (laughs) So I run into a lot of problems with this one, trouble with this one, definitely. Um, So, you know, I've I've often said that, uh, you know, just when I'm in a surly mood or whatever, that Jason Bonham is twice the drummer that dad ever was. you know, it's it's a contentious thing, and and the problem with this, of course, is this idea of who was there first. I get in I get into trouble when I talk about the likes of Neil Peart or even Jimmy Page, for that matter. Um, the idea of you know when you are a pioneer, you are a pioneer, and you need to be uh, recognized for that. But music, just like sports records, uh, you know, it, it's made to be broken. Uh, you know, people are made to jump, jump higher, run faster, um, and this happens in rock and roll too. So there are all sorts of people that we'll never know the names of who are playing in clubs, who can run rings around, um, and you know, all of our legends kind of thing. So this one really is is a problem, and it really drives home, and there's a sadness to it um, because, of course, John Bonham, uh, you know, is no longer with us. Uh, the great Led Zeppelin drummer and Jason Bonham, his son, started started drumming, uh, I think it was three years old, maybe even two years old, um, and he's an incredible, incredible drummer, drums like his dad, 
but he has all sorts of chops of his own and fluidity, and uh, and he's had a remarkable career. So I just wanted to celebrate that career and turn you on to some great records. I mean, you don't have to be uh, into drummers to uh, to enjoy this music that we're going to talk about uh, on this episode. Okay, so let's play our first selection. Uh, take a listen to this. This is Bonham with The Storm. All right, so previous to uh, this great band that he had, uh, you know, a hair metal band, quote-unquote, 1989 first album, The Disregard of uh, Timekeeping. This song you just heard is from the second and last album by the band, uh, Mad Hatter, 1992. Uh, named for a, a club that uh, that the guys used to frequent in Ibiza, Spain. Uh, I hope I pronounced that right. Um, and uh, and also, you know, Mad Hatter, uh, you know, John Bonham was known to wear his bowler hats. He was, you know, signature hat thing, kind of like a slash thing. And uh, and Jason himself was is has been known for his sartorial sense. Um, but before Jason had this band, he um, he was in a band called Air Race in 1984, kind of like a like an early, uh, not great hair metal band. Um, you know, he's coming from the UK. None of the UK guys can do hair metal. Um, and then, uh, he was in another hair metal band, egregiously hair metal, awful band called Virginia Wolf. Uh, they had an album out in 1986, self-titled, and they put out Push in 1987. Uh, in Betwixt, uh, Jason showed up on Jimmy Page's, um, solo album Outrider in 1988. But yeah, Disregard of Timekeeping, uh, uh, we actually played a song off this way back. I think it was actually episode one, uh, Led Zeppelin and Hair Metal, uh, because this is quite a Led Zeppelin-y sort of uh, hair metal band. You know, Jason also gets a lot of stick for sticking too close to uh, to what his dad does, uh, A, in drumming, and B, literally in the bands he's in. And we're going to hear a bit of that as we move on and how his bands have always had this Led Zeppelin-esque uh, quality. He loved his dad. He worshipped his dad, uh, you know, as a drummer as well um uh, and and like i say he 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 plays somewhat like his dad or a fair bit like his dad but as i say as, as you move on in life so many new uh tricks and uh you know get added to the magic box to your tools to the toolbox and uh you know across this very very impressive catalog that uh, that jason has had you know he's done he's done way more things um uh, that drummers can appreciate uh, than his dad ever did. Again, accepting the idea of being a pioneer, doing it first, all those great riffs and hooks and drum parts you can sing and great productions that Jimmy uh, Jimmy and his various engineers were giving uh, John. Uh, so, of course, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't want to oversell this idea, but obviously John Bonham is, is one of the legends of drumming, uh, you know, possibly the number one biggest uh, legend of drumming for, for the most people. Almost like, he's almost like, um, you know, I've, I've often said Neil Peart is the Beatles of drummers in terms of singable parts and hooks and all that kind of thing. But John Bonham is almost like the Beatles of drummers in that 
he is probably the most inspirational drummer uh, on all drummers, I, I, I would say, um, you know, across various uh, eras. Um, so, okay. Um, yeah, you know, the other sad thing about this band, uh, Daniel McMaster from Barrie, Ontario here, just uh, an hour away from where I'm uh, sitting right now talking to you in Toronto, um, sadly died in 2008 at the age of 39 of, uh, of, a, of an infection. Uh, I, I believe it was some sort of a respiratory uh, infection, but he was the lead singer on the two Bonham albums. Uh, and like I say, they're great albums. The first one, a little more conservative. Um, the one you heard the song from, The Storm, a little more stretching out, a little more atmospheric. Uh, it's 1992. This is in the hair metal try harder years. Uh, you know, this this is past its due date almost as a band, but they give it the old college try and do this pretty, pretty creative, cool album. All right, so moving on, let's listen to another song. Uh, this is the Jason Bonham Band with Drown In Me. Take a listen. All right, so this uh, this is a record that a lot of people don't know, and this is some of the pleasure of doing this podcast is to uh, you know proselytize and turn people on to cool albums. So he made this uh, this album, you know, full studio album of new songs called "When You See the Sun." Uh, in 1997, and I do believe I rated it as my favorite album of all of 1997. Uh, also at the time, he did an album called In the Name of the Father, the Zepp set, uh, also 97, like I say, um, you know, and just Zeppelin covers with this band. But this band was really cool because it had this kind of hotshot, rock and rolly, tall, good looking guy, Charles West singing. And, you know, in a way, again, it's another Robert Plant just like Daniel McMaster was another Robert Plant. So there, there is this, uh, you know, stigma and stick and, and thing you can say slightly negative about Jason in these bands is that, you know, he's really kind of building a Led Zeppelin around him sort of thing. But um, this album, When You See the Sun... You know, I really loved because it was uh, it was very Zeppelin esque. It was quite atmospheric. It really felt like the next step on from Mad Hatter. You know, this is five years later, and it literally felt like the next Bonham album uh, taking that next step. It had a little bit of. Um, of not so much like it was very very clean and well recorded it didn't have you know a grunge dirtiness to it but it had a grunge sort of searching sort of sound gardeny um you know a sense of daring and creativity to it i i thought it was just a really cool album uh, i notice it's not available on spotify either but you can you can hear i don't know how much of it you can hear on youtube but uh this song definitely uh is on youtube um 
So yeah, that was cool. And I remember interviewing uh, Jason Ford at the time, you know, when you see the sun is a bit of a pun on when you see the sun, S-O-N. Uh, so here we are seeing the son of John Bonham uh, on uh, on this uh, on this pretty cool record. And I also remember around this time, you know, I might have mentioned this in episode one as well, but I was just so impressed. I, I got to see uh, Jason do a drum clinic at the Opera House, uh, you know, famous small theater type venue here in Toronto. It was very cold. Uh, it's always cold in there, but this is during the day these these things are, and I, I believe it was the fall. Um, but yeah, he did this great drum clinic, and uh, and absolutely at that point, you know, I was sold already, but he sold me uh, literally on figuring this is one of the greatest drummers of all time, and and the kind of greatest drummer of all time that even snobs that would say, oh, it's all about feel, man. Um, you know, it's not about how many notes you can play. Well. Jason's a guy who can play all those notes and also has incredible, incredible feel. Like the the guy's sense of groove is just is just he's he's just so musical. And he plays a set, you know, somewhat like his dad. It's not this big monster crazy set like a like a Neil Peart or a Nigel Glockler from Saxon. I've got Saxon on the brain right now because I just finished a Saxon book. It's at the printer. Um but um but yeah, so he has this really cool, old-school, intuitive kind of set with big drums, just really rich-sounding set all the time. Okay, so let's uh, let's take a break right now, and and we shall be right back. But yeah, let's uh, let's hear from our sponsors. Okay, so back again, history and five songs with Martin Popoff. This is episode forty-one, Jason Bonham. Uh, let's take a listen to another uh, slice of music here. This is UFO with Mister Freeze. All right, so this represents another part of Jason's uh, oeuvre, this idea where he he can and will show up in various classic rock groups uh, from time to time. He's uh, you know he's also famously uh, drummed for Foreigner. He's uh, he's also done uh, things with Ann and Nancy Wilson from Heart. Um, but he was in UFO um, just for a brief time. Uh, you know who wouldn't want Andy Parker to come back? And that's what happened after this. And Andy's been with the band ever since, which is really cool. Um, so yeah, Andy Parker uh, came came back into the band. Um, but um, Jason was on this one album. You are here. You know I'm not I'm not a big fan of this later era of UFO. I find it a little stodgy bluesy not hooky not european enough not nimble enough uh, there's just kind of like a big caveman-y feel uh to ufo uh in these uh, in these vinnie moore years let's call it what it is it's it's essentially the vinnie moore era and i don't know if it's vinnie's writing or phil imposing his writing upon vinnie uh or his tastes which you know in latter years when i interviewed phil he he really did kind of want to dig more into his uh, gunslinger blues kind of roots, right? So so everything's kind of like big and humorless, humorless music. Although he's just as humorous or even more humorous uh, with his lyrics. Um, yeah, funny band. But so um, 
So Jason is drumming on this one album, You Are Here, and, you know, he doesn't particularly distinguish himself on this record, but he totally distinguishes himself, I Wanted a Pick UFO, because he's on the Showtime uh, live DVD, and there's there's live in the studio footage on there. Uh, you know, watch him on YouTube do Love to Love. He is he is just a monster on this on this Showtime playing these classic old UFO songs. Again, this is where you get to see how great a drummer he is. This is not music he's written, but he's in there interpreting and just bringing these UFO songs to to life, uh, proving what an amazing uh, drummer he is. Okay, so moving on, we have uh, take a listen to this Black Country Communion with Beggar Man. All right, so this is from the 2010 debut, Black Country Communion, you know, over time, over the drama of Joe Bonamassa, you know, really feeling he, he's kind of a careerist guy. He's feeling that his solo career uh, is uh, is earning him more money. Let's say, so let's say what it is. Uh, it's a little bit like a Gary Moore career where Gary Moore had this uh, surprise uh, life as a bluesman and a pretty good uh, career, you know, kicking off with Still Got the Blues and he made all these blues albums. So Joe... Joe is always ambivalent about a black country communion. Um, I just loved this band. I mean, there are <laughs> Jason's been in bands that, um, you know, seem to imitate Led Zeppelin. Well, this is a band that I always talk from the from the moment I heard them through all these records. I used to say this is the next Led Zeppelin. They could have been. They are superstars. Um, you know, you've got Glenn Hughes on vocals, highly prolific, great singer, great guy, great attitude, you know, back from the dead back from his uh, drug addiction cocaine and stuff in the mid 80s uh with uh with black sabbath and tony iomi um but then he then he started making all these solo albums he's been in all these great band situations but this is the big big really really cool band uh that he had so you had uh, you had joe bonamassa again you know this great guitarist rootsy guitarist with a with a blues with a blues feel but um they're making heavy classic rock in this band you've got Derek Sherinian just a utilitarian guy that can do anything he's been in prog bands dream theater he's played you know keyboards for kiss um uh, he's got his own solo albums planet x um so yeah he's a great guy to have in a band any band um and so they're all they're all writing up a storm doing this great great material uh you know and I always thought I, I remember around this time um you know, there's a Cactus had an album called Five, this reunion album, and and there was this big tag around the new classic rock. And you know, a buddy of mine, Randy Pratt, you know, he had his band, The Lizards. He was in Cactus, um, and uh, you know, and and The Lizards were this cool new classic rock sort of band. Bobby Rondinelli on drums and stuff. So around this time, you had you had this Randy Pratt Axis 
um, with lizards and cactus. You had Black Country Communion, and I felt that you also had right in here doing some of the best music of their career, Mr. Big and Europe. And I always, I remember talking about at the time how there's this new quality of classic rock, which again, you know, almost gave life to the magazine called Classic Rock, where, where you know, there were these new bands coming up playing in the old style. But at that time, you know, I wasn't jaded or old enough to to um, diss the new classic classic rock. Now, ten years later, when there are really young guys doing this and looking like hippies and acting like hippies, you know, I I chafe at it and I don't really care. There's also the you know the super groups doing it. Your your sons of uh, sons of Apollo and um, what what are they called? Dead whatever daisies. You know, the, the, these um these bands that are um are super groups um. Who who you know all came together from this uh, from their various hard rock backgrounds and are doing uh, this this kind of music, but but are still kind of elders at it, if you know what I mean. Uh, you know, it's really no different than Mr. Big or Europe. It's just that there are configurations of supergroups doing it. So that that I still love and I and I can still appreciate. But but I I'm just too old to listen to you know twenty three year olds tell me what it was like in the seventies, right? Um, but Black Country Communion was was just the great the great hope of uh, of all this stuff and 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 it's a pity they you know they the drama wasn't there and they and they haven't keeping on you know kept on making lots of albums granted though you know to get four albums out since 2010 is is a, is a pretty good accomplishment and they got a live album as well and and all their material is is like dramatic and frantic and and um you know overplaying or just great playing like a lot of chops a lot of hot hot playing and you know you've you've got this emoting singer in glenn hughes you know a lot of people complain that he emotes too much that he's a bit of a ham uh, you know um but you know if he's hamming it up on here so is jason i mean jason some of jason's greatest performances uh, are all over these black country communion albums and what you love about it of course is that it's it's original so i think i i would i would venture to say that the hottest performances that we get out of jason period uh, on his on original material are across these black country communion albums you know and i want to mention um you know before i move on just in case i i forget i don't want to forget um you know, one of the cool things about Jason as well is that, uh, so May 14th, 88, um, he plays with the Led Zeppelin guys, uh, 40th anniversary celebration, um, uh, April 28th, 1990. Wow. That's my birthday. Interesting. Um, so he, he played a wedding reception, uh, with the guys, big deal. Um, but the big one, uh, on, uh, September twelfth, uh, it was announced. Uh, here I am. You know, you're, you're catching me reading something. But anyways, December December oh seven. Uh, you know the big one. Uh, Jason goes and plays the O2 concert with Led Zeppelin. Big massive concert comes out at the Celebration Day DVD. You know, and I want to say something about this. I mean, it's it's kind of um, it's it's not a good look on the Led Zeppelin guys. I often find there is this animosity that goes on, and you in you know, you worry uh, that that some of it is ego, some of it is looking at Jason and feeling that he's, you know, possibly that he has spent a lot of his career copying his dad's chops and being in bands that were Led Zeppelin-esque. Maybe they're looking at that a little bit, you know. And then there's always the stuff about um, keeping the news tight, but maybe Jason might have gone and said some news at the odd times, and that ticks them off. Um, you know, maybe Jason feels 
more, uh, you know, maybe they're looking at Jason and saying this guy is more the musician than than either of us are. Uh, certainly, Robert is no is no longer the singer he used to be, and Jimmy is no longer the guitarist he used to be, or keeping up with how good uh, bands can be. John Paul Jones is another matter. He is a consummate musician, but you know, let's face it. I mean, Jason probably was the greatest musician on stage uh, that night. And maybe they look at this and, and maybe they're, you know, maybe they're sort of like reflecting on on their age and their and their loss of their edge. And they're seeing this young guy who's amazing. You know, they might be looking at him saying, wow, he is better than dad ever was. Or they might be looking at him and saying, where's where's John? Who is this guy? You know, I mean, there's all sorts of weird thoughts that I'm sure uh, go through their heads. Um, you know, a, along with the whole idea that, uh, you know, they're, they're probably always, they've always grappled with this idea of, uh, we put Led Zeppelin to rest, we're not supposed to be doing this. So, so it's like, it's not really Led Zeppelin, but it's close to Led Zeppelin as it can be. You know, uh, frankly, I, I would have loved if, um, Led Zeppelin would have found a way to continue on and we'd have another another eight or ten Led Zeppelin albums. Wouldn't that have been something? But instead we got an amazing career out of Robert Plant. Can't say we got much from the other guys um, of of great value, but with Robert Plant we got um, you know, I've I've often said that uh, his second album, Principle of Moments, is is one of the top five greatest albums ever made of all time by anybody. And I, I love a lot of his solo material. So Robert did a lot of stuff. He's been a fearless explorer. He's made, I don't know, how many how many studio albums do you think he's made? 15? Uh, lots. Um, so uh, that's that's really cool. Um, but yeah, this is just another feather in, in Jason's uh, cap every but every uh, you know every reviewer every critic said Jason was amazing on the night and Jason was was really firing that band egging them on pushing them forward uh, he's a huge huge part of why that concert is amazing and why that DVD is amazing uh, okay so our last selection on the day um, let's take a listen to this and we'll discuss this is California Breed with Midnight Oil. All right, so here we have, you know, I remember interviewing the guys uh, for this album at the time. This is 2014. By the way, uh, just, to, just to go back on the dates. Um, so yeah, our first selection was 92. Our second selection was 97. UFO, uh, that was from 2004, the you Are, you Are Here album. Then we skipped up to 2010 for the debut Black Country Communion. Now we're at 2014. So I am going chronological for you guys here. So this is an album that came and went. And, you know, God love them. Glenn Hughes, as usual, was so enthusiastic about this band we're going to be the greatest you know this this is the coolest thing to happen you know and it, it had kind of a crappy album cover it was it was kind of like a a lower down uh, release in terms of uh you know record label and distro um but what you had with this band 
was uh, you had Glenn Hughes on vocals and bass. Of course, he's a bassist. Um, you had Andrew Watt, kind of an unknown younger guy on guitar uh, and and backing vocals. And then you had Jason Bonham on drums. So what you have is a is a power trio. And, um, you know, everybody I know who I who I highly respect as music fans love this album. I loved it when it came out, too. I thought it was really cool. And uh, and what it is is a kind of um, kind of a daring, grungy, psychedelic version of Black Country Communion. I mean, it's uh, it's it's distorted. There's weird stuff going on, but there's a lot of chops. Um, it is a power trio. You can feel the heat of a power trio band. Um, but like many, you know, things in Glenn Hughes' life, there's bad luck comes along, and uh, and things don't happen. I mean, this is another band I would have loved to have seen, uh, you know, make, uh, make lots more records. And I remember interviewing Glenn at the time. I mean, half, half the time we spent, you know, him ruining, um, you know, uh, kind of, kind of dissing and being annoyed at Joe Bonamassa for, you know, at this time, uh, was definitely one of those downtimes where we weren't getting any black country communion albums. I mean, I, I think it was basically that was on the rocks. Joe didn't want to do it. He wanted to do his solo career, which again, you you know, he, he is this cool cult figure. He really knows how to sell himself. He's a solo artist, so it's configured that he gets to keep more of the money, all of that kind of stuff. Um, he, 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 can really, uh, he can really project and do his own art. He's not part of a band. He is, it's his name on the marquee. He's a guitarist, guitarist. He's, he's a purist. So yeah, he, he has this great solo career. And, and I remember it literally... It, it almost felt like California breed was like, okay, I, I, I've, got, I've got all these ants in my pants to be this a massive, massive, cool next Led Zeppelin, and I can't do it because my guys are not being a band for me. I got to go off and do this other band. Um, so yeah, it's, I mean, it's basically two-thirds. Two-thirds of the band is Black Country Communion, but it's a very different band, but still in the same kind of frantic, cool, fearless, creative spirit of, uh, of Black Country Communion. Um, that's it for our songs. You know, I did want to mention uh, just a couple other things about Jason Bonham. So he's he's obviously done lots and lots of shows as this Jason Bonham's Led Zeppelin evening. You know, it's it's not a particularly creative thing, but you get to, you get to, you know, celebrate the um the Led Zeppelin catalog and you also get to see this great great drummer um he's also been part of uh, the circle which i thought was a big disappointment this is uh this is the Sammy Hager led band with Michael Anthony so you get half of Van Halen uh, in this band you've got Jason Bonham and then you've got Sammy's right hand man on guitar Vic Johnson who's been you know with the with the Wabaritas I don't know what they're called Wabaritas uh yeah all that whole time um so so this is you know this is his one of his other side bands i don't know man Sammy god love Sammy you know i've i've interviewed him so many times i grew up listening to all his music you know he's got this great great history but i've always felt that there's this thing where he's kind of like just the just the kind of the vanilla john cougar of hard rock right he's he's just kind of like his his strat he's straddling too many things and he's and he's just in a in some weird way he's not a great lyric writer he's not a great music writer even though he's a guitarist you know you put out that many records and you're going to find all sorts of things you do love across the catalog he's a great singer um but just something about the the you know the the grand total mass of his catalogs 
they're just always leaving something wanting. I don't know. I mean, I, I thought the 1013 album was, was a real highlight of his. I thought the F-U-C-K album with Van Halen was a real highlight. Um, but there are so many uh, parts of the Sammy catalog that just leave me frustrated. And, and I thought this, uh, you know, this the circle situation uh, wasn't that great. You know, I didn't think Chicken Foot was that great. Um, so, yeah, that's, it's kind of a low point. But, but you know, I, I do want to, uh, you know, reiterate and wrap up with the idea that uh, this guy that we're celebrating with this episode has been part of so many great records. And, uh, and he's one of my favorite drummers uh, of all time. And uh, I won't go back into the comparisons with Dad. There's no point doing that. Um, but, yeah, this, this is a guy, though, that has... You know his main inspiration, his main influence is Dad. A lot, lot of drummers, uh, their main. Um, well, you know, as I've said earlier, I mean, he's he's the Beatles of drummers in that respect. But uh, you know, quite a few drummers also, rather than just take the abstract ins- inspiration of the guy, the God, the guy in Led Zeppelin. You know, quite a few drummers have uh, have taken on um, a lot of his qualities as well. Um, off the top of my head, I'm forgetting all of them except for the great Frankie Benelli, you know, um, you know, struggling with cancer right now. Uh, but Frankie's done some amazing things that are very Zeppelin-esque um, with, his, uh, with his style. Um, so there you go. That's it. History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff, episode 41, Jason Bonham. You can go to our Facebook page uh, for this and comment away. Um, you know, I'm in there uh, commenting back. Um, you know, it's funny. I've, I've mentioned so many times there. I, I get so many great ideas, but, but I'm lazy in a way. But it's not exactly laziness, but I do want to do lots and lots of episodes where it's stuff that I really kind of intrinsically know without having to do a lot of extra research. So it just comes out of me, you know, fast, rapid fire um, and and hopefully with some interesting concepts and insights. Um, but I, I do get a lot of cool, su- <laughs> I get a lot of suggestions where it's like, Wow, three out of five of these I can talk about at length, but the other two I'm gonna—they're gonna be short. They're gonna be difficult, and I'm gonna have to research them. So that's that's a shortcoming on my part. I'm sure we're gonna get to more episodes where I do have to research a lot. Um, but yeah, you can go to the Facebook, you can go to my regular Facebook, you can go to my public uh, person Facebook thing. You can email me directly at martinp at inforamp.net. You can go to my website, martinpopoff.com, where all my books that are in print, I do have a supply in my office. I sign and mail them out directly from here. Even with uh, with the situation right now, um, as I'm talking about this with uh, with the virus and lockdowns in most countries, my supply chain, you know, knock wood for the moment, is not broken, and I am still able to uh, send books out all around the world. So there you go. Thanks again for listening to this episode of History and Five Songs with Martin Popoff. We shall see you again next time. Find all of our shows, notes, social, and links at www.pantheonpodcast.com or wherever you listen to great podcasts. All songs can be found for purchase on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please purchase these great and important tracks. Find us on Facebook at the RNRAP. We are on Instagram at RNR Archaeology. Tweet us at RNR Archaeology. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 